plans are worthless. But planning is everything. General and President Dwight Eisenhower's wisdom still rings true today. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents STRAT, Strategic Risk Assessment Talk. A forum with a preparedness mindset. Mitigating risks, creating systems of prevention and recovery to deal with potential threats. And understanding the objectives of a business continuity plan. This is the podcast for leaders who are committed to being prepared. Now, here are your hosts, retired Marine Intelligence Officer and globally recognized risk expert, Hal Kempfer, and investment banking executive, Mark Mansfield. Mark, we have got a huge topic we're talking about now. We're talking about dollar digitization. Uh, There's something to say five times real fast. Uh, We're going to talk about the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency of the world. We're talking a bit on Bitcoin, shall we say? We've got so much to cover here, uh, and, and, and and you know, you know, both of us, we travel all over the place. It is interesting, um, and 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 many Americans don't realize this, but we go to many countries, like certainly in this hemisphere, you'll you'll go down to Central America or something, and you're and you're getting ready to buy something, and you find out their currency is actually U.S. dollars, and uh, and that is not uncommon. U.S. dollar is such a foundational thing. But there's a lot of history with that. And right now with digital currency, we're in the midst of great change. And there are threats, opportunities, risks. We got a lot to cover here. Absolutely. Uh, you know, my characterization of dollar digitization, um, you know, is it a friend or foe? Uh, you know, or, or just right now, you know, we do not know. And I, I actually lean to that third bucket of you know we just don't know and we're going to talk about that as you said and actually uh timing of of especially in the world we're in right now uh and and any of you that listen to us even partly or on a regular basis know that we are always discussing the broader risk issues the broader vulnerabilities facing you and your business decisions and uh you know frankly the position of the u.s dollar as the reserve currency is has dramatic implications and if that was to change it will have dramatic implications on your business just domestically and certainly internationally um any event I'll, I'll throw it back to you and then we can start digging in here you know it's interesting some years back there was a, a group that I was consulted with and you were involved with them uh as well um that uh when they the, the owners of the company actually had had been heavily into what's called cannabis crypto and and i actually had to look into that when i first saw it because i was like i'm not quite sure what cannabis crypto is but it was the issue of uh basically that that whereas the states and various uh localities had legalized marijuana it was still schedule one you know it was a a controlled substance dangerous drug if you will at the federal level so therefore they could not use cash u.s dollars to do their business so they they were quick adopters uh to crypto because crypto was a currency that they could exchange, they could bank, they could hold on to, uh, dealing with cannabis. And it was interesting from that experience to see how quickly that became an impetus for adoption across society with anybody uh, who who was using cannabis or involved in that emerging industry. And it was amazing how many different 
different people who had no interest in cannabis at all from a recreational standpoint, shall we say, uh, got into that because of the money to be made. And and, and, and just as a side note, um, uh, when it first came up, I said, cannabis crypto, I said, so how does the crypto work? And they I said, is cannabis crypto, does that involve uh you know something like a token they said well somebody's token at some point yeah but anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, you know frankly a lot of people uh, crypto aside in that whole cannabis rush we all know a lot of people got spanked um Mm -hmm. there there were a, a lot of miscalculations um and and actually the affiliation with the crypto that was nice sizzle bought some time but you know a lot of people really got their their heads handed mm-hmm, to them from a, mm-hmm. from a from a banking perspective so uh with the, with the limited time we have um you, you know we, do you want to we, we want to talk a little bit about this i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it to you to explain a bit about the Bretton woods system in, in in a second but just touch on your historical perspective you bring a lot to that um but I want to make a couple quick points here the res- yeah the u.s dollar is the reserve currency and Hal's going to expand on that but it in that position, what's relevant for our listeners to know is it get, provides unparalleled strength um, as well as flexibility in borrowing. Um, now, okay, that flex, that, like any two-edged knife, that flexibility, some, some listeners may argue, that flexibility in borrowing has allowed us to create a significant deficit. We don't want to get too far off on this path, but we're at $32 trillion right now, so some might argue that too much flexibility isn't that healthy. Um, like maybe like an open... Uh, charge card at the Anchorage bar when your ship's in. You don't want to, that's not a good idea. Um, You seem to have a lot of knowledge in that area. (laughs) (laughs) I had to throw a Navy bone in there. Um, Anyway, the the U.S. dollar's dominance is is significant, not just for the United States, okay, we touched on that, but it's significant throughout the world. So we're going to come back to that, but first, more context, and I know that you have some points you want to make about that. (laughs) Well, first off, it didn't start with, you know, the U.S. dollar wasn't always a reserve currency. At one time, there was a great British empire. The sun never sets on the British empire. And British pounds was a reserve currency of global commerce. Now, we didn't have the same size of global economy. Now, that really shifted after World War II, but there were some big shifts. If you really want to go back to the dollar, you know, the Treasury Department in the U.S. was like, well, I think it was the first department uh, that the U.S. has. You know, but if you go back to the beginnings of, say, the Secret Service, uh, right after the Civil War, they were focused on counterfeit currency. And it's it's a wild period back then where you had banks issuing their own currency. The U.S. dollar was not necessarily the accepted currency everywhere. There was tremendous counterfeiting going on, you know, counterfeiting of U.S. dollars, counterfeiting of these other dollars or whatever they were all around. And we realized from a national security perspective, we had to reinforce the the use of the dollar, the security of the dollar, the perception of the dollar as something that had to be you know used. And of course, it it moved. And then there was Bretton Woods, where the dollar was pegged to the to gold. Um, there was a, you know at one time there was a big thing where they wanted to use silver instead of gold. You know that gets into election history, but there are still extremist groups today that reject dollars as having any real value they say the only real currency is silver and gold and and it's interesting to see that as we move into this digital currency age because some of the very same things said 150 years ago about the u.s dollar are some of the very same things i hear today about bitcoin and other digital currency platforms 
So to, to, to your point about Bretton Woods, established in, in 1944, that was his first significant, and that, that, that accelerated and supported the growth through the 20th century mm-hmm. and, and the industrialization that we, our parents, and we, we all, us have all lived to, to enjoy. Pulled in um, by, under Nixon in the 70s, but we've still managed, uh, from the underpinning to gold, but we've still managed to, to maintain ourselves. Right now, there's a power struggle going on, basically between the United States, China, Russia. Those listeners have heard us address this many, many times. But, you know, really, the dollar is only the true global currency at this point, and it would be very destabilizing in an already very shaky, destabilized geopolitical world to, uh, to, to challenge that in any way. So after the, after the Bretton Woods, what we were able to do is basically have countries of, of, you know, fix, agree to fix their currency to the U.S. dollar, hence the, the reserve currency to, that, that, that which, you're going to. Which I should mention at that time was fixed to the, to gold. Yes. There was an established value for gold. That's right. Which, of course, in the early 70s, that's when Nixon had to basically forego that free-floating currencies because it was too rigid. It yeah. couldn't be maintained any longer. Yeah, and, and you know, interestingly enough, we look at the price of gold. The peg rate at of of the dollar to gold was thirty five dollars an ounce. Oh, I know this personally because at that time my dad had had claims on gold mines, okay. and we couldn't actually mine the the gold mines because the price was so low. It's like it wasn't economical. And then when Nixon unpegged it. All of a sudden, our gold mines went into operation. <laughs> so I have a little bit of a personal side on that, this. That's All right. Every day I learn more about you, Hal. That's, that's so great. So approximately, you know, so here we go. You mentioned this early on. You're, you're try, we're working in um, wherever part of the world we're working in. You're always carrying U.S. dollars, and uh-huh. and and that that's you know the majority, brass, vast majority of the transactions. Whether you, those out there most like it, but those who don't, too bad. That 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 is the case. So, um, you know. What are what are the digital currencies? You know, basically that. Uh, you know, let's talk about that. Let's talk a couple of things about there very quickly about the background and benefits. We're going to talk about a specific uh, number of them or, or a couple of specific examples. But basically, you know, the decentralization of finance or shifting away from fiat currency or the U.S. dollar reserve, which again, I'm going to say it one more time, there are political drivers associated with this. Um, you know, we've talked about brick. We're going to talk about that again as well today, very quickly. But it's really based on the Ethereum blockchain and, and that ecosystem, and you know that is really what drives you know the um, customization, and that's why you're seeing such a plethora of different coins out there. Which which goes to the point, you know, which one and for how long. And so that's that's now there are benefits. Okay, this has been going on since two thousand and nine. And there is. By the way, Mark, I just want to stop you. When you say the word plethora, that means a lot to me. (laughs) Just want to say that. Okay. (laughs) You had to slip that in. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So uh, they are being accepted by. I mean, many retailers and merchants. So so you know that that, that's proof in the pudding. Um, You know now investors are in and out. Some are getting burned. Now there's always the greater fool theory here, and we're going to come back and address that. You know there's a certain element of musical chairs as a you know, classic investment banking, um, you know, student or whatever, I, I, you know, I still don't have complete comfort. Um, governments are trying to figure out how to tax and regulate, so expect that exercise to be going on. We're going to be addressing the U.S. involvement in that in a second. Um, and But the, the, there is a certain versatility in the programmability of it, which it can be good 
or it can be bad, meaning there could be more back doors which go to hacks and which mm -hmm. also create elements of control, <coughs> which we've talked about terrorism. Uh, so and so, and there's a link here, but that's enough for now. We'll come back to that uh, in a minute. You know, it's interesting. Uh, the U.S. is a reserve currency. You know, uh, I think it was sixty percent of all transactions worldwide are based on dollars it's a it's a yes, phenomenal that's exactly it's a, right. it's a phenomenal uh, amount you know it's interesting uh you know i've spent some time in central america used to be stationed down there originally but i've spent time there in other capacities and it was interesting how much dollars are used as a as a currency down there and i expected to see more local currencies you know panama was u.s dollars that's all it was and uh uh but what was interesting is in el salvador they were one of the first countries, maybe the first country in the world, that said, we're going to go to digital currency. And everybody paid attention to that. They got excited. And everything I've heard is it went very badly. It has not worked out very well. Uh, it sounded interesting. You know, everyone, everybody in digital currency kind of pointed this. It's like, this is where the rest of the world's going and not so fast. And actually, in El Salvador, there's a lot of stuff that's being done using dollars because the digital currency thing has just not worked out the way they have planned. So there, there's a lot of questions on that. You know, blockchain, you know, the security seems pretty good, but there's a lot of concerns, certainly with quantum computing. Could this literally overnight uh, be overcome? Could the security features in some ways be overcome? And then, of course, the, the, the other issue is, how do you value this stuff? You know, there's always different competing currencies. And I got, I've got to put this in there, and you've heard me say this many times. You know, if I talk to some people about digital currency, they immediately turn around and talk about Dutch tulips. Right. And, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you're going back to when the Dutch thought the yeah. tulips were everything. And, of course, tulips turned out not to be the most enduring, valuable commodity you could hold in their entire economy collapse. So. Yeah, that, 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 that's, a great, uh, that's a great reminder. Hey, so let's talk about what's um, been initiated close to home, okay, with, uh, with, our, with our government. Um, so the, the, the U.S. Is, you know, recognizes what's going on here, and they, 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 they want to get in front of the digital movement, and that makes – I actually applaud that because that we do want to support – our reserve status and maybe this is a serious consideration to do that so in 22 there was a lot of discussion because they came out with the um, the uh, CBDC which stands for the uh, um, creation of a central bank digital currency okay central bank digital currency and that was going to be you know could that be the off-ramp to maintain um, from the from the greenback to the uh, US digital currency and there was a real real pushback and we're going to talk about that that some of the, the cons of that but you know just basically um, as of this summer July 23 because of the pushback and I think prior to the election cycle and some of the other things we've talked about the sensitivities in the country um, they're, they're, the, the White House came out with a statement saying there are no plans to convert the U.S. dollar into a digital asset, quote, unquote. So, that, that, so it, it is on the radar, folks, but it's not happening immediately. And really what they're saying is they're not looking at converting the U.S. dollar into a, you know, blockchain cryptocurrency is what they're talking about. Interestingly, though, if you look at dollar transactions around the world, uh, the vast majority of dollar transactions, major transactions, it's all digital. The you know the dollars kind of catch up if you will at some point but they they don't and that hence the term reserve currency it it, it floats around as currency transactions around the world but it, but it is somewhat digital and it's been that way for quite some time 
you know, in the at, dare I use a, a dated term, the computer age, you know, <laughs> that when we started automating all this, uh, a lot of the transactions were literally uh, electronic transactions where no physical currency was moving one way or the other, right. and that's kind of uh, that's kind of what the world is. But that's different than blockchain. That's different right. than talking about a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or something like that. And it says a lot about the U.S. government and the U.S. Treasury. You know, as you know, for for a short period of time, I was actually a U.S. Treasury employee. Right. Look, we all do things in our <laughs> life, you know, when we're young and we, we kind of wonder about it. You know, why did we do that? But, uh, but within that, uh, U.S. Treasury is a pretty conservative organization. They recognize the... Uh, you know the, the 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 onus that they have, and they're and they're very careful about where they move, because so much rides on what the U.S. does. Yeah. Because again, we're the reserve currency for the world. Right. And, and we and, and okay, so the, uh, there's only a couple minutes for me here. I'm going to make a very quick uh, point, a couple of three points. One, the cons. You know, basically, this goes back to one of our podcasts in terms of the homeland. You know, fourth revolution men mentality regarding the tech intervention. There's a fear of, of control. You know, micro visibility into everything in terms of your lifestyle, taxes, spending habits, government curtailments based on unchanging things. So that's that's one of the pushbacks that that we're dealing right now uh, with with right now. Second point is. You know, we're getting great visibility. Just just turn on, you know, as, as we speak with um, uh, uh, the SBF, the, the FTX uh, trial going on right now. FTX with the cryptocurrency exchange that was a complete sham and uh, with Bankman Freed. So that that's exposing, you know, some of the risks here in terms of the cons and what's going on. So just keep your eye on that. And that's that, that puts a... It, puts a real damper on you know the whole rollout integration and of, of, of the whole thing but there is okay now a, a transition play keep your eye on tether t-e-t-h-e-r i'm not advocating it so don't don't interpret that point it's interesting though to watch because it is a cryptocurrency or a token per se that's pegged to the u.s dollar Okay, so that's kind of a hybrid approach, and that's you know that's getting a lot of studies because you know it supports the supply demand principles and 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 counterparty risk. So it's it's basically think of it as a collateralized coin out there. So it's it's not unlike the greenback when it had pegged to gold. You're uh, saying it's kind of a Bretton Woods, yeah, Bretton Woods Bitcoin is yeah, what you're saying exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the closest example that 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 you can come to right now. Only third point. I'm going to give it back to Hal. Third point. As we keep saying, the world is in a particularly sensitive and vulnerable state right now. So the timing of changing the commercial infrastructure has to carefully be thought through because that's the last thing we need right now in terms of one more thing to manage. By the way, uh, I'm going to make a shameless plug here. If your company, if you individually, or for that matter, if your country is looking at this issue... You can always give us a call. We can come in. We can work with you on this as far as what's your strategy, what should you plan for, what should you consider, uh, bring in unusual expertise. We don't expect that you have a staff, you know, full-time in your company that does this, you know, but working with your treasurer, uh, working with whomever you have, your comptor, whatever, if you're looking at this, you're trying to figure out if you want to expand your business, getting into cryptocurrency or whatever it is, certainly we can talk to you about that. So, yeah. Mark. Thank you. This was a great discussion. As always, thanks for your time, Al. Strat. 
Strategic Risk Assessment Talk with Hal Kempfer and Mark Mansfield. Podcast weekly from the Mutual Broadcasting System.